Hello, Henrietta. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena. Hi. We are excited to be back, and <laughs> we're tackling something that I'm excited about this week. You've been talking about this for ages. I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, I, this has I've had this sort of thesis, this running thesis for a couple of years. So I'm glad to finally get this on record, and for and as well for me to get your point of view on this subject. And so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit it. And the question of the week is. Is Fashion Nova the biggest fashion story the industry refuses to claim? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Fashion Nova. Let's talk about what Fashion Nova is because I live on Instagram, so I have great knowledge on how present that brand is specifically on Instagram and on so- on other social media platforms. And I've been really looking at, at Fashion Nova for the last couple of years and seeing how successful it is. There are all these celebrities from the from the, the Kardashians to Cardi B to the slew of others that have been endorsing this line and getting tons of likes. The line has, I think it has a 20-something plus million followers. And they essentially make clothing that is stretch usually. <laughs> Stretch and fabrication. A new category, just stretch. (laughs) Just stretch. (laughs) And essentially it fits uh, all body type, particularly this new body type of the very pronounced rump and a very narrow waist and a sizable chest. So it's inclusive of all women and also inclusive of the woman that can be who's a size 14 a size 22 and i think that's what's really interesting to me i think that the way it's promoted and advertised obviously everyone's trying to put the best face forward so in high fashion it's the rakes who are like a size triple zero and in this case with fashion over it's the very you know, the curvy, the Chloe Kardashian, the Nicki Minaj type body archetype. But ultimately it is really size inclusive because it is about girls with curves. Precisely. So it's really actually size inclusive. It's not necessarily about that, you know, Coca-Cola bottle silhouette, but it, I think it's size inclusive. And I think that's why it's, it's been successful. But I think that's also why the brand, it's a brand that fashion refuses to claim. Uh, I think it's size inclusive and it's quote unquote urban. Okay. Two things that fashion are not known for. Well, you've hit on some key points um, right there. And let's let's dial it back a little bit. I'm going to bring up another brand that had, let's say, a similar genesis, and that being Nasty Gal. You remember Nasty Gal? Yeah. Nasty Gal was essentially built on a similar, with a, had a similar business model in that they sold uh, very affordable things to a, to a young demographic, a very sort of, uh, what do you call it, a contemporary demographic. And they were very successful in doing so, but they did not communicate necessarily to an urban audience, nor did they necessarily communicate to a curvy audience. Not to say that they didn't, uh, the, the clientele weren't comprising of both sets of both of those demographic. However, that wasn't their marketing position, their marketing platform. And as you said, Fashion Nova has specifically marketed through the Nicki Minaj's and the Cardi B's and the Kardashians of the world. That's an interesting point that you bring up because Nasty Girl um, and the owner, what's her name? So 
so something Ambrose. Yeah, something Ambrose. I forget. Um, I mean, she was a big player. So I think just off the off of her own personal brand, she wrote a book and all of that sort of stuff. But that is a really interesting comparison. How that brand was exalted even though I don't even know if it was, you know, and it was getting rounds of venture funding and all of that stuff. And I don't even know if it was doing the types of of business that Fashion Nova was getting. So that's a really interesting um, comparison. But also speaking of comparisons, one of the things that was really funny when I heard about Fashion Nova being from the UK is I was like, this isn't even a unique proposition. Like there are so many of those brands in the UK from like the Misguided and the Boohoo Boo Boo and the Miss Who right. and the Miss Ho and the- <laughs> and ASOS. <laughs> there are so many. It's it's so prevalent in the UK. So one of the things, again, that I'm really seeing the point of difference, again, is it being massively size inclusive at its core, not like an ASOS or those other brands who have like an additional component where they're expanding. And they're not speaking predominantly to this quote unquote urban customer, which I think is hilarious that that's like the term that's being used in what little press is around about Fashion Nova. It's absolute. It's like, it's comedy. <laughs> because you know that by urban um, customer, they're not talking about people that live in cities. No, they're not. No, they're, they're talking about a little, a little melanin there, <laughs> let's say. But I find it so funny. I mean, in us doing our research for this podcast, which took about all of five minutes. <laughs> because there was such little coverage on Fashion Nova. And the places that did cover them, yes, of course, gave a glowing uh, uh, coverage on how successful they were. They were places that had black women working there who were bringing, who were calling to attention in the way that you are right now. Okay. So why haven't we seen that Vogue story? Why haven't we seen that New York Times story? Why haven't we seen that Business of Fashion story? Why haven't we seen any of these stories... It will come because obviously, and you brought this to my attention, the Cardi B collaboration. Cardi B has the the Vogue stamp of approval. Okay. So now all of a sudden it's going to be all about Fashion Nova. Okay. And the news that you're referencing there, Henrietta, is that Cardi B announced, I think just a couple of days ago, that she is doing a capsule collection with Fashion Nova. I think it's their first collaboration of that kind. And so, yes, while she's been endorsing the brand for at least uh, two to three years, she's now really coming out with her own line under their umbrella. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. now that, that coverage Everyone's may start. Talking about it. But I really respect Cardi B for doing that because apparently Fashion Nova were one of the tiny amount of brands that were loaning to her and gifting her before Baldeck Yellow came out. And she really sort of stayed true to them. She was like, you guys are ride or die. At this point, she could do collaborations with anyone. She's just kind of reached this kind of pinnacle of success where every single brand wants to be associated with her. And she was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with these guys who have really kind of held me up from the beginning. And so I really love that she's doing that collaboration with them. And I I think it's kind of cool. And you know what, what just came to mind in in you mentioning that, uh, Henrietta, is we've had podcasts before on influencers and their diminishing influence (laughs) and so forth. That has been, and we will definitely have more podcasts in the future about this this influencer, this influencer phenomena. But I have to say in this, with this business model, that formula is still winning. I think yeah. his name is Richard Saghian. He's the CEO of uh, Fashion Nova. I think he has really worked that formula. Apparently, they have upwards of 3,000 yeah. influencers that they work with. And in some instances, they just have to give them product and the returns are significant. I think that makes sense for that brand. I think it 
I actually love that strategy. It's making it super prevalent across Instagram and social media generally. I think it's a very different proposition from sort of fashion or like high fashion, contemporary fashion, whatever you want to call it, influencers where it just feels a little bit different. But also what I am not mad- It feels more real? Is that what you're saying? Right. Because what I'm not mad at is the level of diversity in terms of body shape, in terms of race, in terms of ethnicity. It's It feels very different from fashion influencers who predominantly are like white, thin and blonde. I agree. And I, I want to get back to that question. Why is fashion not claiming this? At the end of the day, this business is, a lot of it is about money, about financial success. And this is certainly one of them. Yes, the, the racial things that you bring up and aesthetics and all of that. Yes, that's a part of the consideration. But usually when something is successful uh, financially, it trumps everything. Yeah, And still yet we don't see we don't see that coverage out there. Again, size inclusive and and quote unquote urban. I genuinely think that because it was a formidable business since its inception, right? Yes. And I was reading in WWD in 2017, their revenue went up 400%. So you know that, it, I mean, it, it's probably at the cusp of being, becoming a billion dollar business, which that in and of itself is newsworthy. But I think that fashion in the realms that we're talking about, the Vogues, the business of fashions, the, you know, the Anna Winters and all that are so allergic to the two pillars of this brand that it doesn't exist in their world. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. It's only really when they're going to get beaten over the head with it. And I think that the Cardi B component is going to do that. I mean, Anna Winter is living for Cardi B. I mean, those images of them sitting next to each other all the time at Fashion Week, She she's going to have no choice but to really, you know, talk about it. Cardi B inevitably at some point in the next 12 months is going to have a Vogue cover. She's going to be talking about Fashion Over. She's going to be wearing Fashion Over. She's probably going to be pushing her collaboration. They're going to have to cover it. Plus, you know what? I appreciate your forecast here. I like how I, you're connecting the how dots. How do you I... not see the a Cardi oh, B cover? Like, even if... Even from a real basic standpoint, as she's actually just, she's breaking records. Her social following is going up so much. I remember when it wasn't too long ago that she only had a couple million followers. She's now on like 21 million. Like she's, they're after that audience. They're after the hype. And so I think Anna, particularly in her, I don't know whether to call it a demise or her dethroning or whatever. She's going to want to kind of leave on a high and she's going to want to be known as like a cultural an arbiter of like culture. And so she's definitely going to be chasing. I mean, her album is just, it went gold within one day. Like Anna Winter is going to be after that. Well, I must say, I pride ourselves on being ahead of the story. I think we have, uh, in our short history, we've shown a pretty strong track record and your forecast on this Cardi B Fashion Nova playing out. I, I, I'm i watching that space. I'm watching that Cardi space. Cardi B will make Anna Winter say the words Fashion Nova. <laughs> Before the year is out. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hold you to that, and you'll get my you'll get my check when it all uh, when it all plays. It out. might not be on audio, <laughs> but it'll be on Vogue.com or it'll be in the pages, and you'll know she said it. But you know what point this brings up for me now? This actually signals a bit of the changing of the guard of influence, because 
Anna Wintour in Vogue represents the influence from the runway. And Cardi B represents the influence from social media, specifically Instagram. And in many ways, in this Fashion Nova conversation where we're talking about, we're almost talking about the, the handing off of the baton in this instance to where the influence really lies. And Cardi B is hugely representative of a brand like this. It, while it's not digitally native, but for the most part it is. They do have five stores in Los Angeles. Um, but for the most part, this is a brand that has solely, has found its success solely from a digital marketing promotion. Absolutely. And it often gets touted as like, whenever I've had conversations, it's always like that Instagram brand, almost like, you know, like an Instagram chick, which right. predominantly are the types of quote unquote, the Instagram chicks who kind of promote the brand. But one of the things that I think is really funny is that, and this is going to sound really weird, but stay with me, is that Fashion Nova is not too dissimilar from a Supreme, if you really think about it, right? Because Fashion Nova is doing everything that all the brands are trying to do. How do we work with influencers in a way that is engaging and and meaningful Check. and and works, drives conversion, right? How do we bump up our sales? Check. How do we translate to a millennial audience? Their core audience is 16 to, it even goes beyond millennial. Uh, 16 to 34, 16 to 34, which is like the, the unicorn of consumer demographics. Check. How do we get lines, get people salivating over product drops, get people excited about the people that we're working with? Check and check. How do we become culturally relevant and speak to culture and who we are. Like they have suits that have the funniest names, like tracksuits called Netflix and Chill. Like they yes. understand how their audience think yes. and how and they speak operate. Their language. Speak their language. They're talking to the girls that are are relevant to these consumers. They're doing everything that Supreme do on a completely through a different lens, through a different aesthetic. But everyone's like, how can we be the new Supreme? No one is thinking, even the bigger box brands like the H&Ms and the Zara's, no one's thinking, how can we be a fashion over? And I think that again has to do with the racial size inclusive component that isn't considered quote unquote elevated. And Let's actually recognize Fashion Nova for what it has done. We speak about disruption all the time. Isn't this one of the most stunning cases of disruption in this industry? And on the level like of a net-a-porter was. Absolutely. But you know, the only people who, this is kind of funny, the only people who have recognized that and recognized the conversation that we're having are the people who I guess were uh, onboarded as, as ambassadors. Because if you look at people like Khloe Kardashian yes. or Lala Anthony, Lala Anthony or uh-huh. like all of those girls that, do you remember when Khloe Kardashian was like obsessed? She almost wore exclusively Fashion Nova. Uh, right. And then basically was like, yeah, no, my mom says that I could just do this myself. So Thank I'm going to do that. So I'm going to do that. I have my own Fashion Nova jeans right. line, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> and the same with so many of the other girls who are like finding a way to tweak the the branding, to tweak the business model, to suit their own kind of, br- their own personal brand. Absolutely. I mean, you might even see it with Cardi B, like in a couple of years, comes out with her own Fashion Nova style fashion brands. So actually what's really interesting are the people that are really taking note and actually using it to, to, to build their business in a way that fashion is not interested in doing. And that's the culture that we're in. These are the times that we're in. You can get that influence and in short order, (laughs) spit out something of your own 
from that influence. And I think uh, what you said about uh, Khloe Kardashian and there are other examples of people like that there, doing the very same thing. There are quite a few, yeah. There are quite, because there are so many copycat brands coming up. But I think what this, in terms of the conversation, I think Cardi B, is she a crossover star, do you think? Yeah, she's a crossover star. She is. She's, yeah. Okay. She's hosting, she hosted Saturday Night Live. I mean, <laughs> that's... That's the fair point. That's, that's a, the fair point. That's a crossover platform, let's say. Yeah, so she's she's definitely a crossover. So I think that the conversation is definitely going to shift um, in terms of fashion not claiming it. I mean, we're probably going to see a bit of fashion article about this, like... Well, I'm going to hold you to your forecast because I think it's a sound one. And I, I, I think after this conversation, I look, at, look at that space over the next month or so. I think we will see more visibility from visibility Fashion Nova. As it, as it pertains to something else. Because I think one of the things that while we think that this is a fantastic um, place and space within fashion... Is it going to be exalted like the other brands? Not really, because the other brands, the ASOSes and all of those other brands, they bite into that, they feed into that fashion theory of what it is to be fashionable, what it is to be attractive. Because taste is also, I think, in question here. And as True, to- but Henrietta, isn't everything changing now? Isn't everything being upended? And let's be honest, Cardi B and Anna Wintour in a conversation sitting next to each other, maybe five years ago, if we were to think of something like that, it would be unimaginable. But now we're in a space where those two maybe diametrically different individuals were taste is concerned or they may be viewed as such and they're existing in the same space now to you know? a certain extent i mean cardi b speaking to anna winter five years ago as cardi b five years ago would have n- never happened <laughs> cardi b i mean she's wearing balenciaga she's wearing siriano she's this is an overnight transformation though right but she has refined herself to a point has where she? enough for anna winter yeah listen why isn't she talking to Remy Ma, I don't know. Like, <laughs> okay, you wait, have wait. To... Are we slicing and dicing people in this podcast? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I think that you also, there's a level of, um, there's a certain point at which you get to when um, you're rubbing shoulders with with, um, with Anna Winter. So I think the argument of Cardi B five years ago is still just Cardi B five years ago. I don't know. Like, I, we give Anna Winter some credit, but, like, she's not out in these streets trying to figure out, like... <laughs> Okay, you're you're really cracking me up in this podcast. Today. Am I? I for one love that we made this the subject of this podcast, and I want to hear from the audience on this one. I want to hear what people are thinking about Fashion Nova out there, and um, and who holds our position that it is literally the a brand that fashion refuses to claim. Yes, but it's worth talking about because it's a bona fide business. I think so. Yeah. Next time. Time for something